expert advice and data-driven insights that unlock your business's potential. APSA Insights, brought to you by APSA Corporate and Investment Banking. Max, 30 years ago, um, South Africa's ESCOM used to produce a map and they would say ESCOM powers South Africa and it showed that South Africa is this bright beacon at the bottom end of a continent that was otherwise dark and there were little patches of light in some capital cities dotted across the continent. Now, in our regular episodes of load shedding, South Africa goes fairly dark as well. But in a continent which has got a rapidly changing demography of lots and lots of young people, economically active young people with a huge opportunity set. Governments are going to be looking for stable energy. Um, And I just wonder how you see this opportunity set playing out for the global energy industry to help bring some energy stability and security to this continent? I think there are there are two steps here. Actually, is what we heard from Bavtec um, that we have an existing fleet, which probably needs some modernization, probably also some fuel shifting. Coming from coal to gas uh, as one major step also towards um, decarbonization. I think that is, you know, Keeping the, the existing infrastructure is somehow, from, from my perspective, very crucial yeah, to avoid unnecessary investments here at points where you probably don't need it. But then look into, into um, the add-ons of, of renewable power and make them smart connected with certain storages to really feed into those uh, really focal points or local points where you really have energy consumption available. So that you probably need to need to look at the whole energy system a bit differently, trying to add up power where it's also consumed and try to also use the ge- geographical advantages that some of the locations might have and bring the power also via storages, also, also very smart transmission lines to those points where it's really required. I think those two steps going into a fuel or a a coal to gas shift, um, it's helping to somehow stabilize the system and then add up energy generation and also storage to those points where energy consumption is really needed. Just talk to me about the technologies. Earlier, Ted Blom referred to the South Africa becoming the sort of hotbed of a technology war, and that sounds terribly exciting. Uh, But there is a, a huge amount of development happening in the evolution and, of course, the cost curve of so many of these solutions plummeting beautifully from a consumer perspective. Just uh, tell me what it's looking like right now. I think, um, and and Ted also mentioned that point, um, we have an existing market already for batteries. Well, talking about batteries in households, in uh, electric vehicles. So there is a lot of movement, um, I think, in the usage of um, um, the chemical power in the regards of the battery. So we also expect that there is a certain spillover effects out of the electrical movements into the cost decrease in uh, for for batteries and i think that market is already there um in some parts of the uh, of the world it's just pending on regulations so who is able to really run a storage that is that is a general question that we need to tackle also with the regulators who is really um capable to operate a storage but other than that i think the the t- technology itself is available. Uh, the integration part is available. So there's no doubt about it. Uh, we see that um, our partner here, Fluence, um, is selling batteries uh, worldwide. Uh, you probably have seen Tesla, especially in Australia, already putting up some flagship uh, projects there. So that market is there and the technology is there to, to somehow address this market. Besides that, and Bruce, I think uh, that is the topic that we also need to tackle is, okay, what is what is after 
batteries. Yeah. So looking also into longer term durations um, of discharging power, making somehow a baseload operation also available for the integration of renewables, talking about 24-7 availability of renewable power, there might be other technologies emerging. So we are looking at currently as the implication of thermal energy storages, just due to the fact that the way of how you, you save uh, energy is very cheap. Yeah, just looking at solid materials, stones, concretes, all those materials are somehow um, are available. And in a small area, you can store a lot of capacity, helping also to bridge that longer gap that might, uh, might come up um, by the further on integration of renewable power. And um, I think that is somehow the way forward um, from my perspective, looking at the midterm. And then I think Ted also mentioned the point of hydrogen, um, which is from my topic then a real economy shift that we will see in future um, that we are able to somehow really store surplus energy and make it available through through pipelines, um, through transportation uh, into the different sectors and, and really use that kind of energy uh, wherever it's required. Let's talk about hydrogen in just a little while. Right now we look at the battery technologies, we look at the huge metals dependency and then certainly I think there's a huge African opportunity in terms of providing the raw materials, the resources, Bavtik, that go into so many of these storage devices. Typically, however, um, Africa, broadly, South Africa too, is very good at extracting minerals and then exporting those minerals and the value add happens elsewhere. Is there an opportunity on this continent for extraction, exploitation, development, um, adding the value here for solutions here? Bruce, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think certainly something that uh, African governments, not just South Africa, but African governments should be looking at. I mean, you know, we, we, ha- we are blessed with an abundance of uh, resources. But as you quite rightly point out, you know, this is actually uh, beneficiated. Manufactured products are actually produced elsewhere outside of South Africa or outside of the continent, right? So, you know, what are the sort of key ingredients, uh, you know, that uh, from a metals perspective currently on batteries? So one, one the obvious one is obviously lithium-ion uh, batteries. You know, we, we, we look at lithium there, uh, vanadium, obviously, cobalt, right? So we know, as an example, Tesla have signed a big agreement with the DRC for the actual procurement of cobalt. Uh, it's actually one of the big uh, trading houses, Glencore, uh, for, you know, the, the production of batteries that they will be using on electric vehicles, right? So I think this is certainly something, I mean, we have a big issue in our country with regards to unemployment, a very high unemployment rate. Um, you know, gradually, I think we've moved away from being a mining economy where, you know, lots of jobs are created. You know, mines have actually become now deeper. Uh, and obviously, the, the cost of production on gold, etc., has actually gone up quite a lot. It's not, South Africa is not a low-cost producer of gold anymore. So we've got to look at other ways of actually stimulating our economy and from a jobs perspective. Renewable energy has certainly been one, but one would argue generally during the construction phase, you know, only this is really short term jobs, you know, one, two years for the duration of the construction. But on the mining side, right, so these metals that are spoken about, whether it's lithium, whether it is cobalt, whether it is vanadium and other, this is certainly something that government should be looking at, not just mining them, but, you know, providing the right incentives, right? So whether it is tax breaks, whether it is reliable energy supply, whether it is Uh, you know, uh, special economic zones or whatever it is to actually, you know, entice um, internationals to set up factories here, use our metals, 
produce the goods, create employment for our people, and then ship the completed or the finished product. So I think it's a great opportunity. And but you know, we need to fire on all cylinders for this to work. And I think we can do it. We have the ability. We've done it successfully on the motor industries development plan and the auto sector. There's no reason why we can't replicate something along those lines for energy storage uh, and battery metals. Ted Blom, uh, we heard the mines and the mineral resources and energy. He's got so many titles. Minister Guedamantashe fairly recently announcing a new series of exploration licenses being granted for companies to go out and find battery minerals, if you like. I mean, they've even been called battery minerals nowadays. Is this the beginning of a new cycle, do you think? Okay, so, uh, yeah, the the alternative uh, industrial minerals, which are mainly cobalt, uh, uh, and, and, and vanadium and, and to a certain extent uh, 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 some of the uh, lithium ions. Uh, there's lots of them in Africa and certainly I see, uh, certainly in the intermediate uh, period with battery technology wanting to fill the gap uh, immediately because people are familiar with batteries. You've got batteries in every car and every cell phone. So people are familiar with uh, with battery technology, and I foresee tremendous developments uh, under under that area, but certainly not in South Africa. The the mine charter is a major impediment uh, to a hundred years of growth in in the mining industry, and many times in those last hundred years, South Africa was the leader in various categories of minerals uh, exploitation and beneficiation. Uh, those days are past. Uh, with this new mining charter demanding uh, 50% or 51% uh, BEE requirements, uh, nobody can put, uh, no, no organization anyway can put shareholders' money into a, a project where from day one you are the, are the minority party. You're supplying all the capital, but you're not part of the decision-making process. I mean, just logically, that doesn't work. And from a fiduciary point of view, that's why you're seeing Anglo and uh, the, all the other big mining houses, Billiton, uh, disinvesting. Rio Tinto has already gone to a large extent. And uh, the only one that's sort of sticking around for the moment uh, is Glencore. And I, I have no doubt that uh, if uh, uh, things carry on as they are, that even Glencore and the other people, will, uh, smaller players will close shop. You can't, it's not sustainable. You can't have, and, and the, the lack of exploration in South Africa for the last 20 years coincides 100% with the new mining charter. Uh, and, and that just, if, if that wasn't an alarm bell for the government and Minister Mantas, whom I've known for a long time, then I don't think there's any wake-up call uh, that's going to wake up this ANC with its populist uh, strategies. Uh, it's, it's, mining is over as far as this country is concerned, unless if there's a drastic wake-up call and the playing field is restored to what it was uh, to make it amenable and exciting for mining companies to reinvest in South Africa. Expert advice and data-driven insights that unlock your business's potential. APSA Insights, brought to you by APSA Corporate and Investment Banking. For more, visit absainsights.co.za.